to the book of Genesis. And uh, we'll begin in chapter 25. I'd like to speak to you this evening concerning two vital questions. Two vital questions. Very simple questions. Who are you and who is Jesus? Two questions that can determine your eternal destiny. To be saved, each one of us must realize, at least to some extent, who we are and who Jesus is. We'll look at the first question first, who are you? And to do that, I want to go back and look at the account of the patriarch Jacob. So that's why we're in Genesis chapter 25. Let's pray here before we read. Father, we ask for your divine help, your divine intervention in this time that we have together to look into your word. Guide us by thy spirit. Open our hearts and minds. We are dependent upon you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Jacob. Just to remind us who he is and his origin here, uh, as far as his birth, Genesis 25 and um, I guess we'll start with verse 21. And Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her womb. And she said, If it is so, why then, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two people shall be separated from your body, and one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Now the first came forth red, all over like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau. And afterward, his brother came forth with his, with his hand holding on to Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when she gave birth to them. Now, particularly here, if you have uh, the uh, notes in your uh, 
center column or down at the bottom. Jacob, his name was called Jacob. And you can see from the, the note there that that means one who takes by the heel or surplants. He was a surplanter. He was apparently even in some way doing that in the womb. They struggled with each other in the womb. Well, I said that the first question that we're dealing with is the question of who are you? And Jacob was asked that question twice in his life, in very strategic points in his life. The first time he lied about it, the second time he told the truth. Uh, Genesis 27. You'll see the question here. Verse 18. Then he came to his father and said, My, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? So here's, here's uh, Isaac asking his son, Who are you? Now the situation, if you remember it, was that uh, Rebekah and Jacob had schemed together to um, get the blessing. Isaac was an old man about to die. He was blind. And uh, he, his purpose was to bless his firstborn, which was Esau. But Rebekah knew that that was what was going to take place. And so she schemed around and got Jacob to go in there uh, putting on Esau's clothes and putting on some, some uh, fleece so he'd feel hairy like Esau. Esau was a hairy man. And uh, he, he was to take in some of this food that that Isaac liked, this savory stew that, that uh, uh, Isaac thought Esau would be bringing in. Well, all that comes up to this place where we see Isaac asking uh, Jacob, who is he? Who, he says, who are you, my son? The answer, and Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. In other words, he lied. I have, done this, I have done as you told me. Get up, please. Sit and eat the game that you may bless me. And so he does do that. He, uh, Isaac puts the blessing upon Jacob's head uh, instead of on Esau's because he was deceived about what was going on. In other words, Jacob steals Esau's blessing. Well, that's... Um, the one place where he's asked, who are you? But there's another place later on. In fact, it's 20 years later, and a lot has gone on in Jacob's life. He's been off in another country, and he's married now, and he's prosperous, and he wants to come back to his homeland. Uh, the only one problem, he figures Esau is going to be mad at him. Uh, he's, uh, he'd done a number of things to Esau, uh, down through the years, and he figured, uh, you know, this guy's going to want revenge if I go back there. So he's scheming again. He's trying to figure out a way to avoid 
this uh, vengeful attitude of Esau. So he tries a little bribery and a little flattery and even trying to outmaneuver him uh, in the way he sends his uh, family and uh, all the livestock and things ahead of him. Eventually, though, he's left alone. And uh, then we have this question coming to him again. Who are you? Let's look at that in, verse, in chapter 32. And verse, well, the actual question is, is in verse 27. Why don't we just read that to see the question, then we'll go back and get the context. So he said to him, we're never told exactly who this he is. It's a man, but an extraordinary man. So he said to him, what is your name? In other words, who are you? What's your name? This time he answers correctly, Jacob. I'm Jacob. Well, let's, uh, let's read the whole context here because this is a, an account that's one of those mysterious events, hard to explain and yet filled with uh, spiritual truth, most of which we won't be able to hit on tonight. I'm just trying to hit on one particular aspect here. So he sent, he's wanted to go back to his home homeland, but Esau's there. He sent everything across, um, except he's left alone. So that's where we um, pick up the account, 32:24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh so that the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. That would be no small thing to try to do anything more with a dislocated hip joint. Then he said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. Now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. Therefore, to this day, the sons of Israel do not eat the sinew of the hip, which is in the socket of the thigh, because he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of the hip. So I say this is a, a uh, incredible account here, and we have to say... Uh, that this was no mere man that uh, was wrestling with Jacob in this account. Some people say it was an angel, and some people believe it was a one of the uh, those 
mysterious pre-incarnation appearances of Christ in the Old Testament. Uh, I tend to think the latter, but I wouldn't say for sure. But whoever, we know that when Jacob was done with the whole event, he was a different person. From then on, he limped. And he said, he named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face. That's why I tend to think the latter, that it was in fact a pre-incarnate manifestation of Christ. Well, the question that was asked him twice in his life is, who are you or what's your name? The first time he lied about it. But this time, he says, my name is Jacob. Now, why is that significant? It's significant because he's owning up to who he is and what his life has represented up until that time. He was a schemer. He was a supplanter. He was a deceiver. And the point is, is that we have got to get to the place where we own up to who we are. We have to say, I'm a sinner. Unless we come to that, we're not going to get to first base with God. You have to come to the place that uh, Jacob came to here, admitting who you are. Let me read here how Ravi Zacharias uh, presents this portion of Scripture. He says, Jacob feared for his life and did the only thing left to do. He fell on his face before God. The Scriptures tell us that Jacob wrestled with God throughout the night, crying out, I will not let you go except you bless me. It was the cry of a desperate man, not knowing what ominous fate awaited him the next day. In other words, with with Esau. God responded with an extraordinary challenge to Jacob. What is your name? This is an incredible question from an omniscient being. God didn't ask the question because he wanted to know what his name was. He wanted Jacob to acknowledge who he was. Why would God ask Jacob for his name? Think of all that God could have said by way of a reprimand, all the things he could have brought up. Instead, he merely asked for Jacob's name. God's purpose in raising this question contains a lesson for all of us, too profound to ignore. In asking for the blessing from God, Jacob was compelled by God's question to relive the last time he he had asked for a blessing. That was back with his father Isaac. The one he had stolen from his brother, the blessing he stole from his brother. The last time Jacob was asked for his name, the question had come from his earthly father. Jacob had lied on that occasion and said, I am Esau, and had stolen the blessing. Now he found himself, after many wasted years of running through life, looking over his shoulder, before an all-knowing, all-seeing Heavenly Father, once more seeking a blessing. Jacob fully understood the reason and the indictment behind God's question, and he answered, My name is Jacob. My name is supplanter. My name is deceiver, schemer. In other words, he was acknowledging 
that he was a sinner. He'd always tried to manipulate things, handle things in his own way, through his own uh, will and strength and cunning. And he has to say, I need God, I'm a sinner. The point is that God can and will change us if we will honestly admit our need to him. Uh, our real problem. See, he, when he was going into that situation, he thought his real problem was Esau. And that's our big problem, too. We always think our problem is that thing out there, or this problem, or this difficulty, external to us, you know, this difficulty that's facing us. But the problem is our sinfulness. That's the real problem. <clears throat> our sinful heart. We must honestly face up to who we are, a sinner. When he said, my name's Jacob, what he was saying is, I'm a sinner, and I've been that way since birth. That was my name when I was born, Jacob. Not, you see, it's more than just saying, well, I've sinned. He's saying, this is me. I am a sinner. I'm Jacob. I'm sinful. That's the truth about me. Well, God blessed him with a new name, Israel, but it was after he had admitted who he was apart from God. So, that's the first vital question. Who are you? Who am I? Have you ever come to the place of saying, I'm Jacob? who you really are. Well, I would like to then turn to another time when a blessing is spoken of. This time it's in the New Testament. So this would be Matthew chapter 16. question here is not who you are, but who is Jesus. Matthew 16, and we'll read beginning with verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he began asking his disciples, saying, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist and others Elijah and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Who is Jesus? Well, you can get all kinds of ideas by listening to other people, what they're saying. But it come, finally, it comes down to this. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that Jesus is? The two vital questions. Who are you, and who is he? That's the question. 
And uh, the answer, the one that means God has worked in our heart and we will um, be looking to him for salvation, the answer is, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So the question here for us is, can can you, can I, confess in truth that he's the Christ, he's the Messiah, he is the Son of the living God, sent to earth to save people from their sins? That's the question, you see. Just two simple questions, but they go right to the heart of what, why we're alive and why, uh, why we need a Savior and who the Savior is. Who are you? Who is he? If you can answer that in truth, saying he's the Christ, the Son of the living God, from the heart I'm talking about, that it's a reality to you, you're blessed beyond measure. Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You didn't just hear that around somewhere else and you didn't just come up with it on your own. If it's true that you say he's the Christ, the Son of the living God, God made that a reality to you. It's been revealed to you. God revealed this truth. And uh, it takes a revelation for for the right answer to both of these questions. Anybody that can truly say, I'm a sinner, and know what they mean by that, that takes a revelation. Now, I'm not just talking about saying, well, yeah, I've sinned. No, I'm talking about a real recognition in your heart that you are sinful, that, that from the word go, you're sinful. It takes a revelation. It takes a revelation to say he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. We only answer correctly as God reveals these truths to us. I am a sinner. Christ is my Savior. That takes a revelation of God to be real. Anybody can say the words, but for it to be a reality... So then I would say that we should consider these questions tonight, each one of us. Who are you? Who am I? And who is Christ? Very simple. Yet our destiny depends upon our answer. Ask him to reveal yourself and himself to you. Ask God to reveal yourself and himself to you so that you would be able to say with the Apostle Paul, just as he said, it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. A recognition 
of who Christ is and who you are, who I am. Well, um, I realize this is short, but uh, maybe that way you won't lose the main point. There's just two. Who are you and who is he? I can say this, if you're a Christian here tonight, you're not what you used to be. You you may have been Jacob before, but now you're Israel. You may have been Simon Barjona, but now you're Peter. God changes those that he reveals himself to and reveals their sin to. He He doesn't leave you like that. And uh, it takes the rest of your life to work out the reality of that. But nevertheless, there is a real change when that revelation takes place from being Simon to being Peter, from being Jacob to being Israel. And you see that in both of these accounts. There was a name change. Uh, that God uh, gave because there was a heart change. Well, I felt like as I was uh, just beginning to get these thoughts together that there was a lot more there uh, that could be developed. So... uh, Maybe next time you're reading through those sections, you'll see more, much more than what I've presented here. But those are some thoughts, I think, that are important. Who are you and who is Christ?